0: It's the internet, you're busy, so let's do this. Welcome to the Game Speed Decides podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, uh-oh, no. Oh, no, I got the echo in here. Oh, no. oh, It's always something. What echo? Nothing. You guys can't hear it. You guys don't, you don't have to worry about it. Are you sure you're just, it's just, just happen- a crazy person? It could just be happening in my head. I mean, there is no guarantee. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, this is the podcast where we decide everything in the world of gaming so you don't have to think about it for yourself. With me is Mike Minotti. Say hi, Mike. Hey, it's me. We're also joined by Jason Wilson. Jason, tell the people hello. Howdy. I said hello. No, I'm more actually. folksy
1: than He's that. He's dying done. That.
0: Howdy's way better. Howdy's way better. You're right. Um, in today's episode, we're going to be going over some news. We're going to talk about some of the games that we've been playing. Uh, and then we're going to talk about blockbuster failures. Uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, Mike. I, I, I thought we could uh, maybe dive into it a little yeah, bit they, more they this week. They just keep coming, don't they? They just keep coming. So. And the second half of this episode, we're going to dive into that. Uh, First, however, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can always get more from me, Jason, and Mike at gamesbeat.com. If you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That is the plus sign in there. Uh, We also have uh, Twitter at gamesbeat or at GB decides. If you're watching this on Facebook or YouTube, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, and more for just the audio. And finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcast. It does help people people find it. Um, so we got a bunch of games. It is the fall. Stuff's happening. It's getting real. Uh, it's it feels busy. like it's, it's the onslaught for sure. Uh, but why don't we start with Mike, who had to put all of his time into just one game this past week? Uh, past week because he was reviewing it. So, Mike, why don't you kick us off? He wasn't
1: the only one.
2: Man. Yeah, so, well, yeah. So, yeah, I spent a good chunk of time playing through Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Which comes out tomorrow on the nineteenth. The embargo went up today, and that's coming out on PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC. So, what do you think? You know, it, I actually did enjoy. You know, there was kind of a lot of doom and gloom around this game from a lot of fans, um, kind of stemming from two facts. Uh, like there, there was almost immediately kind of a bad taste in your mouth when you look at the game because. They're very aggressively targeting the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what you assume is kind of a political move to make right. Marvel happy. Like, they won't say that, but come on. Political
1: like, or marketing? Well, no, well,
2: it's I'm, not just... It, both, it, but Not most including political. Wolverine in your Marvel game isn't a marketing move, right? It's just like, they like, hey, we don't really want Wolverine or Deadpool in this, even though they're two of the most popular, especially Deadpool right now, right? If you can have Deadpool in your Marvel game, you, you do it. Um, yeah. So... So that's a little strange. So you're missing a lot of these iconic characters, and,
1: uh, and that's because other studios, the Marvel Studios at Disney, are doing those movies, correct? Right. Yeah. So,
2: so right. yeah. So the Disney, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I I had to give Jason a bit of a primer on this. Is uh, that's like the stuff like Iron Man and all the stuff that like revolves around that that came out then. So where the characters are interacting with each other, and that's pretty much everything now, except for Fantastic Four, the X Men stuff, uh. And uh, there was this one other one they don't really own yet, but
0: it's uh, Spider-Man. But they they,
1: well, they got Sp-
2: yeah they got Spider-Man back. But I still feel like there
0: was.
1: And we're gonna get up. a pretty good game. I understand. Oh,
0: the, yeah, but the- that Spider-Man that Spider-Man game looks like it still could be very good. Although right. I didn't like D three video, but I, apparently everyone that like has touched it says it's very good. So. Right. Yeah.
1: So then the- it's being created my old coworker from EGM and ZipMade Media Day. Back to the day, Brian Etahar is overseeing it, and he is good, and I yeah, have full confidence in him.
0: Not to completely derail the episode, but how come so many former EGM guys, like or Ziff Davis guys in general, like run so many game companies now? Or Because uh, we
1: hired the best people.
0: I, yeah, it must be like Luke Smith is Destiny. Uh, mm-hmm. he's, he, he completely took over Bungie, apparently. Jason, what, what
2: company am I going to be in charge of in five years <laughs> <laughs> when
0: Blizzard. I become a big boy? <laughs> uh, you're gonna be running penny. the next Mike Penny the
1: Pennyco. Penny yeah. I like that, the Pennyco. Yeah. Where you're gonna be oh. games for dogs that are small and fluffy. <laughs> that's, that's 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 where the big bucks Speaking are. Speaking my language.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah, then the other thing that kind of immediately turned everybody off off uh on Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite is that it's not a very good looking game, especially like in stills. Relative. Um, I think again because of that kind of small cinematic thing they're going for, they they're not using like. So shading or anything like that. Now, are you saying it's
1: not good looking because it doesn't look as good as <clears throat> the DC fighting game that came out in Justice? Oh, it doesn't or look because, nearly as
2: good as that. That's
1: or sure. because it's kind of abandoning some of the older Capcom art style. Um,
2: it's it's a bit of that. I mean, it like these games don't exist in a vacuum, right? So it definitely, you you look at this, you look at Injustice Two, which is like such a hard one not to compare it to because that's the DC fighting game. Uh, And this is the Marvel one, or you compare it to even that upcoming Dragon Ball game, you're like, look at all these. You know, there's a way to like do kind of more realistic comic booky thing that looks cool. There's a way to do like this real stylistic, make it look like the source material that looks cool. And this isn't really doing either. It's just kind of like this weird, misproportioned. And I get it because they have to like make a game where Captain America and Arthur from Ghosts and Goblins are in it together. So it's a a bit more. challenging i guess but yeah it, it doesn't look fantastic it looks better in motion like when you're actually playing the game and the characters are moving and it's all running at 60 frames per second does It that's fine
1: does it look great and flashy when they start doing their big super moves and yeah. other characters are jumping in to help out and
2: yeah but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look any better than anyone else that's that's doing that stuff right it's it's not
0: i mean it, i think it i think it actually looks it's not worse. It just isn't as stunning as Dragon Ball Fighters, and it isn't as stunning as In- Injustice. It's uh, definitely not coming to this this fight, you know, so to say, with uh, the best visuals. Wah, it's wah, that's not, wah. yeah, that's not what it's doing best, and it's not not but, even really trying to. But uh, does but, it, but what what does it do best?
1: Yeah, I was uh, gonna say, does it
2: play better than Injustice? Well, play. I mean, gosh, all these things is so uh subjective but it's definitely more my jam this kind of a thing than injustice like it, it still pl- feels like that marvelous capcom which is always kind of like this fast-paced super move focus kind of combo focused game it still feels really good so that was kind of like the relief is when you start playing it like oh wait no this is actually still a lot of fun these this feels super solid there's some new mechanics um, one thing I like is that if you just keep pushing the light attack button, you could do a basic combo that will like even look a little spiffy. It'll go in the air and everything. Um, the Persona fighting game actually did something similar to that, and, and I liked it then, so I was kind of glad to see uh, that back. Uh, and isn't this new-
1: it important that you have a fighting game like this that might be a little easier for folks like me? Or say, you know, my children who really dig comic book stuff and are just getting into playing games and don't quite understand the complicated movesets yet. Yeah, and I well I'm still so a little skeptical to
2: like say it's I don't know easy necessarily. Like, it's, I
0: know, it's, I think it's more accessible just cuz of those basic like you can maybe yeah. you'll, you'll be able to have more fun off the bat, but it's <coughs> definitely still very like there's a lot of stuff happening at once it feels like. I played it a little bit too on PC. It's uh I played through like half the story mode. I got to the part where uh Ryu is supposed to help the Hulk come down by calm down by punching him in the face over and over which just <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. Uh and I couldn't get past that, actually. So, like, I tried it, like, three times. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go
1: maybe try something else. And yeah. isn't that something you liked, Mike? The- oh, I, I love calling film. out the courtiness.
2: Right. See, I've actually been a very big fan of these kind of fighting game story modes since that, uh, that Mortal Kombat reboot in 2009 kind of, like, really did it well. And, like, this obviously is not anywhere near the production value of that. But as somebody who I like Marvel a lot... I really like Capcom. Obviously, you guys know about me and Mega Man. So it's still just it, like the story is stupid and it's corny, but it's fun. It's like, oh, look, it's Captain America and Mega Man X are talking to each other. And they're both being like, you know, sickeningly noble. And, you know, Frank West and Spider-Man are doing jokes about cameras and stuff. And, ah, oh, Frank West. Is- <laughs> it's great. I think can get I- behind that. Right, it's it's like, it's fun. That is what it does best, for sure. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, it's not as
0: elegant. It's not,
2: uh, you know, it doesn't look as good. Uh, It's not as well written. It's stupid, but I like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I uh, I was uh, enjoying all that stuff. Uh, It was really weird to, like, every time, like, Arthur from ghosts and goblins would come on the screen. And he's like this little deformed little guy next to these giant people from the Marvel universe. It was, it was very weird. It, it like not to be you know weird, but it was like, man, like, does he have like, like, what is his, Private part? No, maybe. No. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's just like so weird to like think about like them existing in the same universe. It's weird because like the
2: novelty of this crossover should be old by now. But like the fact that Marvel's bigger than ever, it almost makes the novelty bigger than ever because yeah. there's such a like mainstream difference between Arthur
0: and yes. Iron
2: Man. And the gap like, oh. there is huge. They're like, uh, what do um, you think of
1: the voice acting?
2: It's hit or miss. Some are some people are, are better than like I really like yeah. Arthur. Uh, yes, he's doing a good job. And something now,
1: now do the characters that have movie counterparts? Do they try to mimic the movie actors? Some, some of Iron them,
2: Man does. Like Iron Man does. Thor doesn't really. If yeah, even that stuff's kind of uneven, right? You're not exactly sure what you're getting there. Um.
0: So, yeah, it, I, I, it, it, I could see someone who's a fan of the movies and like has never touched one of these thinking like, oh, it's like the the equivalent of the Injustice fighting game for Marvel picking this up and not really knowing what the hell they just got themselves into. But I think I I still think there's plenty of people in that situation that will be like, this is this is kind of fun. This is yeah. neat. I mean, there's enough Capcom. Car- like People are going to know Mega Man and people are going to know Ryu and things Big like Man that. X. And. Yeah, Mega Man X. Yeah, I mean, yes, they're but they're going to recognize like who that is. That is the
2: one thing that I'm very pleased about this compared to Ultimate Marvelous Capcom 3 was that came out during the weird like pissing fight between them and Inafune and Mega Man, so there wasn't a Mega Man in that game, which seemed bizarre to me. It's like making Smash Brothers without Mario, but right. we have a Mega Man here, and if you're not, I prefer a classic, but X isn't a bad backup. Um, so yeah, it's good. The other thing, the only other thing, seems a little. I don't know if Icky's words kind of icky is that it's launching with the smallest roster the series has seen since like the first one, probably. Like these games, like Marvelous Capcom 2 has something like 56 characters, right? And that was the charm. It's like this roster's huge. Um, like Ultimate Marvelous Capcom was 40 something. This one's just launching with 30. And then a lot of the other ones are coming, the ones are coming as DLC. Like already we know about like Sigma. And uh, the Black Panther, and it's like it, they're already. They're already be talking about DLC when your roster is already small for what your series is known for. Is kind of it kind of sucks.
0: Yep, but I think they they know they got to make that money somewhere else because it's like, you know, these fighting games they do sell to a niche audience. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and no, I get yep. it. They're missing my two favorites. Who's who's that? Well, Juggernaut. From, you know, <laughs> the old days, man. I used to kill with Juggernaut in the student union back in college. And, and Dr. Doom.
0: Yeah,
2: Dr. Jugger- Doom's another one of those cinematic universe yeah, casualties, right?
0: I mean, they both are now, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Juggernaut's a mutant.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, defi- yeah, there's definitely characters that you're, like, you're going to look like, oh, 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 oh no, this guy's not game. in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's in the mutant universe, which is what Fox owns is, I guess, the the essential thing. That...
1: What? Shut up, nerd. <laughs> so, yeah. So... Oh, we haven't started to get nerdy yet.
0: Yeah, I know. Apparently not. Um. I, but okay. So, but it's 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 good. You liked it. It's yeah. I still uh,
2: liked it. It's not that I, I. It's not like the disaster that some people thought it was going to
1: be. It's still so fun. Like you know. I, I, now, is it what people lo- do you mean when you say disaster? Because I yeah, yeah, think it's going to be a disaster really hear, I, a lot of people were. Re-
2: I, I think Jeff, you can back A lot of people were real down on this.
0: Well, what? Yeah, it, was people, on, it was a meme. It was a meme on Twitter. It I mean, it's it's people a, that. People that were paying a, attention to this game that like maybe. Uh, were maybe not the biggest fan. Partially, but I think it like wider. the that, larger like,
2: game community yeah. really, in a way. I
0: think the the, the 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 hardcore Marvel versus Capcom fans, I think, were still hopeful, more hopeful than the wider community. I think people who like like fighting games and uh, like even people in the media that went to go play it at E three. A lot of the, the the word coming away from that was. Oh, it looks cheap. It looks kind of silly. What What are they even doing? We just played Injustice. This looks kind of rough in, right. by comparison. So, like, if you
2: would um, go to like a YouTube trailer for a game, I bet you there'd be a lot of dislikes.
1: Well, yeah, but yeah. it's YouTube people hate things well, all over uh, YouTube. But no, just, that, just it's still, that's still
2: a reliable pulse on uh, just stuff. like the the I mean, meme things, around if you, it. If yeah. you put your trailer on YouTube. You're usually going to get more likes than dislikes unless there is a thing like this.
0: Yeah, it just that's the thing. There was a thing. That's all. I mean, and it turns out that maybe the people thinking there was going to be a thing, they, they it didn't pan out. It, it's. Right. I mean, some of the fears were
2: justified, right? Like some of it's you know just true. About the, but yeah. whatever. It's still fun.
0: Yeah, and it's like, who knows? Maybe this game doesn't get made if they they have to insist on having Wolverine, like because Marvel says no, you don't get the license no, at all. I you know, wouldn't it be shocked
2: to- if that was the case at all.
0: Right. So po- like politics I said, the, in, like in the Marvel.
2: In, the Marvel. Uh, brand is a bit higher uh, value than the Capcom brand right now.
0: (laughs) Right. So they had to like, let Disney dictate the terms and just accept it. That makes sense. Um, Okay. Jason, why don't we move on to some of the stuff you've been playing? You also put a lot of time into a game for review. And my understanding is it's pretty damn good.
1: It's very uh, good. Now what's good. Well, it's divinity original sin two, which is the role-playing game. That's a continuation of the first divinity original sin from Larian Studios. It was backed on Kickstarter, came out on Kickstarter in 2015. It's been in early access since 2016. People could play the the first chapter of the game since then, and they've been working on it continually, and I'm very impressed with it so far. Uh, It continues some of the great turn-based gameplay that the first had, you know, when you're in combat, if you're in water, you can take advantage of that to freeze or to stun foes with electricity. If you're around tar or poison or ooze, you can blow it up with fire. You can set things on fire and give them burning conditions. But it, you know, it, it backs up that the technical level of that with a much better written story than the first one, and the first one was pretty good. But every quest so far that I've been taking about. And whether it's what I've accepted from a character on this island, or if it's one that I've just blundered upon, have been fascinating. And I'm I'm very impressed with this. I've only gotten 15 hours in with it. I'm still in the first chapter. And I'm in that first chapter for the same reason that it took me so long to get through the Hinterlands and Dragon Age, or, you know, some of the first areas of The Witcher 3 because i'm enjoying what i'm encountering so i'm not feeling like i need to rush through it to get to the story because i'm bored i'm not i think i always heard about the hinterlands
0: stuff. though is that you is that you should get out of there as quickly as possible that's not the case here
1: no Wait, do people say that about the hinterlands yeah a lot of people said you should do that because you know the beat of the story continued on with dragon age 3 but you know i enjoyed butsing around the hinterlands for quite a long time um And this island just has a ton of fascinating interactions with it.
0: That's good. So so, go ahead, Mike. I'll let you ask. There's
2: a question. So I haven't played the original. Would I need to play that
1: first one, you think, before jumping into this? Nope. Nope. I I, I, guess that's the question. So, so, you know, you're going to be unfamiliar for a few things like Source, which is the type of um, power that, um, certain right, made, so you can make half-life and Gary. Yeah. 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 No, it's a, it's a certain type of magic power. And in the beginning of the game, you have these colors on that enable that, that prevents you from using source, because if you use a lot of it, you start attacking you start attracting void walking monsters, monsters from this other area that are very evil, wanted to destroy all that's on the um, physical plane. But so, other than but, the terminology, you're not gonna you're not gonna miss anything. It, and, I mean, is the story
2: a direct continuation of the first one?
1: Not a direct, but it kind of goes from there. Sure. I mean, I... you know the the whole thing the, about you know Jason's not thing.
0: the only one talking this game up. Jason, Jason's like, oh yeah, I know. Many That's why I'm because so like, I'm curious. Same here. I'm like, I'm, uh, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot. Uh, yeah.
1: No, you can did tell Jason, did you play the just, original? Oh, yeah, I've, i played all the Divinity games. What's really fantastic about the writing here is it acknowledges not just... It, it's not just about good quality quest lines, but the way it brings you into the game and teaches you how to play the game is fantastic. Kind of how you were talking about earlier today, Jeff, uh, with NHL and how the tutorials have finally gotten in place where they can teach you to play the game. Well, these will fill you in in all the background... You know, within the first hour, that you need to know if you've never played a Divinity game before. That's cool. All
0: right. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I like to hear. Um, Yeah. So, what else makes it so good? Because I I mean, I haven't read uh, your review and I haven't read any of the other ones. I've just sort of seen the general um, positivity and the positive hype. So, like, what are some other things you would call out to say this is what makes this game special? There's
1: some little things and some big things. So, you could, there's some pre made characters, but you still get to decide know what role they play, what classes they are, what abilities they have, what skills they have, um, or you can make your own. I made my own. Um, some people are saying pick one of the pre-made characters. Others are saying make your own. It's all up to you. Um, but I made it undead. Um, you get to play undead for the fr- first time. It's a new character race for the for this series. And one of the cool little things they do is, first of all, they heal when they're in poison and uh, they take damage from healing. So if you're using a poison weapon or poison spells, you can always create healing for yourself. The second thing is because they have bony fingers, they can pick locks.
0: Whoa, that okay, so, I I like that a lot. That's Oh, actually. that's
1: such a cool little yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, that's so neat. I like that a
1: lot. So any you don't have to worry about running out of lock picks. You can always have and, and some of the characters you, you'll bring into your party are undead. So if you just train them a little bit in thievery, they'll be able to pick locks. So you don't have to worry so much about having lockpicks or a dedicated thief to do that. That's that's fantastic. Um, elf characters learn more about stories and quests and things by eating the flesh of dead people. Wait, so, elves do? Yeah. Elves? Classic yeah, elf Oral. moves. Yeah, so, it's some yeah. Fucking so elves. Yeah. So I picked. I I played an undead elf, and I just thought that it was very fitting that you play an undead who eats people and learns more Sorry. about them. Are you like a skeleton elf? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's really cool. Man, uh, it's the metal story I hell. post. The story I posted today has my character upon my original curry, um creation, and it's a skeleton. He's in this outfit. He's got these two poison rods in his hands. Um, So it's Those things are great The quests are utterly fantastic So far Um, It it continues One of my favorite things for the first game Where it has a skill called Pet Pal Where you can talk to animals if you take it And take it, have somebody do it Because you you, you find some interesting things From it Uh, I've been talking to dogs and crabs And their Their Text and dialogue is fantastic too because it fits the dog and what they're thinking of and what motivates a dog. But at the same time, it communicates something to you. I learned very, I learned something very important about a trap that I'm not going to say anything about from a rat in a room um, to help me get through it.
0: So it just sounds like it's very detailed in in letting you decide how you want to do things and Mm -hmm. then actually building on that stuff in ways that feels rewarding for, you know, rewarding those decisions.
1: Yeah. And what, 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 what I, you know, if I was going to say, you know, oh, what's a shortcut for it? It would be like, oh, it's like taking the excellent writing and quest design and open world design of The Witcher 3 and putting it in a top-down turn-based RPG. See, it's it's, it's weird because
2: I've, you know, I love JRPGs and I like a lot of, like, the kind of open world Western RPGs, like your Witchers and things like that, but I haven't played very many computer RPGs, really, like your Baldur's Gates
0: or
1: this yeah, well, you know, Baldur's- Mike. We
0: lost your video real quick. Just we okay. get it when you get when you get when
1: yeah. you can. Yeah, you know, when I say my open world, I'm on a I'm on an island, so it's not like this huge world I'm exploring. Sure. But you know, I could go to anywhere that has accessible places on this island. And but been, the under- question is, but the, the
0: question is, has it learned from The Witcher and things like that? Has it so like? Yeah, it the- feels modern while also like still living within that CRPG. Oh yeah, totally. Melee.
1: Totally. And, and you can see it from the quest writing. Good, that's
0: okay. Because I and, think that's. I mean, and, I, th- I think I'm with Mike there. Where I'm like, I want to give this thing a try. You should. But I also have bounced off of those kinds of games, and I'm wondering if, like, maybe the more modern design might be the thing that clicks for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and the modern design started with the um, with original sin. Right. With the you know, the, the things in your environment having effects. I mean, you could take, you could use telekinesis or a teleport on a barrel of oil and throw it at something and then have a spellcaster or somebody with a fire bow, you know, fire arrows for their bow, then incinerate it and blow up people around you.
0: Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it sounds pretty good. I mean, it also sounds like it's something that's like right up
1: your alleys. So oh, totally, I'm, totally. I'm,
0: I'm glad. I'm glad it paid off and was like exactly kind of what you wanted.
1: Yeah. Well, so far. I mean, it's only 15 right. hours. 15 and hours. But I crazy. haven't had a chance to work with the uh, game master mode, where you could actually walk people through it as a game master, which is the generic term for dungeon master, or create your own adventures. And oh, I'm yeah, I was be, gonna say. Yeah. I'm gonna be tinkering with that once I progress a little further in the game.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Okay.
1: And of course, it, it has multiplayer. You could jump in and other people could, could control characters in your party too. So how many players at once? Uh, two people, if I remember. Correctly. Okay. All right. Cool.
0: Uh, so yeah, like a co-op mode. Excellent. Um, you've also been playing Talisman Digital Edition. Uh, yeah. That's that, that's that puzzle game, right? That first it, person
1: puzzle it, game? No, 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 no. It's a board game. It's a different version oh, okay. of a board game. It's one I've been writing about for several years now, and it just recently came out with the most complicated of all of its expansions, which is the dragon. And it adds three dragons to the world, and it adds a new ending, new cards, new items, new things. It's 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 an, it's an RPG. It would be like playing a Diablo-like on an RPG um, on, on, on a board game. And the tokens that you use to keep track of which dragon is the dragon king, depending on what actions the cards appear, and the tokens for it has a mechanic where dragons can sleep and make them easier to kill. Because when you kill a dragon, you boost up your two most important abilities by... You boost up your... Uh, excuse me. You boost up an ability by one point automatically, which is very key. And sometimes they have cool treasure with them. So it, it it's a lot of fun. It's a very good adaptation of a board game continuing what has been a fantastic adaptation of my favorite board game that um the folks at nomad in england put out a few years ago
0: um i always wonder like when these games go from uh, physical to digital like uh what's the attraction there is it because i know people like to get together and play these board games. Is there, is this like one of those things where it's the game's so good. You want to be able to play it online with friends as well.
1: That's part of the attraction, but I play it mostly single player because okay. it's really hard to get my, my friends together to play Cause we have different right. working schedules because they all secretly hate him. Yeah. Yes. As you say to the man who could hire a fire, it, you would, it will here. Um, <laughs> And, and, you know, I could jump in with games online with other people who are playing, or I could just play against the AI, which I tend to do the most, and just play my own at my own pace, you know, I can work and say, okay, well, I got to edit these next 400 words, and then I can take three turns, um, set up goals for myself to keep plugging through the day, or I need to get through the next 20 emails then I can go and play for a minute or two. So, so it's
0: AI, it's not set up like... Uh, when it's in the physical version, it's not set up as a single player
1: game where you can No, play you cannot the play game. single. You can okay. play against the game at all.
0: Okay, cool. Well, that's awesome. Uh, that, that Yeah, that would be yeah. a big attraction for
1: me. And there's been, as well. there's, been, there's been so much growth in the digital board game space. Uh, about two weeks ago, Lords of Waterdeep, which is another fantastic um, builder placement type board game, came out with a digital version on um, Steam that's great. And it was a on mobile for a few years. Um, a couple other games I really enjoy play like Splendor also have digital versions, and they have AI you can play against, or you can play against people, either folks you invite or just randos online. And it, it's too bad because I asked uh, Nuzu if they and SuperData if they are tracking this market segment yet, and they said no, they're not. So I'm hoping they will because there's a lot going on here. I mean, you know, just a couple of weeks ago I wrote about Settlers of Catan coming to VR and that just shows you that you know AR and VR are going to be a boon to to digital board games especially yeah. AR because they're that, let people um, come out and 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 play these games in social spaces online unlike we can play right now
0: one of the uh, best selling VR games on steam is always that uh, tabletop simulator yep. where people people could just load in a bunch of games whenever and that's so yeah absolutely for sure um let's see let's uh let's move on uh, okay you guys you guys want your hearthstone minute i should bring like here well, hang on i think i have music for this you guys get one minute here <laughs> oh, it goes Ah, oh, this makes you
1: me know, think of yeah. well of course you don't know,
2: like... oh, wait, the music loud. the music the music's still
0: happening take it in i
1: feel like <laughs> i'm being played off the stage at the end oh yeah
0: that, <laughs> exactly you know. yeah i tried i was just trying to drown you out is all all it's right, Nerf Day. It, we got our
1: big so, nerfs today. So, Mike, have you played since the nerfs came out today? I'm playing right now. Yeah, so <laughs> here's the thing. I have yet to face a Pirate Warrior or a Druid today. I I think... I've probably played about six or seven matches. I faced
2: both. The Pirate Warrior lost immediately. Um, I think I've done okay against Druid. I'm playing uh, my, my Priest deck that depends on a lot of like resummon cards, so I can't play Skulking Dice in it, so it does pretty poorly against... Uh, J Druids, I still lose to that. But um yeah, I mean it's hard to tell if they're a day. Uh but I'm glad these nerfs are here. I'm uh I wish they came sooner. I'm one of the people kinda thought that they don't need to release a nerf or announce a nerf two weeks before they release it. And I know they had their reasons with the tournament and stuff like that, but I think people make a good point when they say, you know, a fraction of a fraction of the people who play Hearthstone watch these tournaments or compete in them. Well my question
1: too is why why can't you release the nerfs and then you know, have a tournament game state that doesn't have the nurse. That that's what you're worried about.
2: Which is exactly what a lot of other games do. So, uh yeah, th- th- there's they gotta they gotta work on some of these back. That's kind of always been a thing with Hearthstone. Right? Some of the back-end stuff has just always been oddly shaky, right? Like for yeah. as big as a developer is, you have like these these the game will freeze, the game will shut down a lot, and
1: will
2: disconnects and now it's affecting this this tournament scene and yeah. stuff like
1: that. And, and you know and, and then they have that one big question which has always been a problem for them is you know how do you balance the needs of the one percent which i would call the, the the ultra hardcore and the streamers and the esports players versus the needs of the other 99 percent
2: mm. yeah so
0: yeah i mean
1: they always have a challenge there but yeah. uh are you <laughs> ready to play us off jeff
2: yeah, we. Oh yeah, for sure. That's went
0: over. I was over. I was actually going to start playing Metroid, but uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, Jeff, you like uh, Metroid? Metroid's pretty good. So yeah, I'll, I'll talk about what I've been playing. Metroid is very good. I'm glad Yay. that I. I'm glad you were uh, like talking it up so much. And the thing you said that really made me say, "I got to buy it as soon as it comes out," which I, which I ended up doing was, um, you compared it to a Link Between Worlds and said that this is Metroid to Link Between Worlds. So I was like, okay, yeah, I will. Hop, I'll hop on this speed. It's not but quite I have, as
2: good as that, but
0: still. You're right. Good.
1: But it is, I, I, it. I mean, oh
0: it. Yeah. What, what, what do you think? Have you I put, don't have, know. I, I haven't had it. time
1: to play it yet. <laughs> it's um, actually sitting inside my 3DS next to, on my nightstand next to my bed. And every time I've been crawling into bed this week, it's been too late for me to play games, and I just read, read instead and then pass out. Yeah, I keep
0: I keep saying, oh, man, I'm pretty tired. I'll just get in bed and play, and then I, I pass out too. But I, I've put in a bunch of hours now. I, I've got like... Sixty missiles. I probably killed the first ten to twelve Metroids or something like that. Um, I, I yeah, so I'm so making progress. I really like it. I I never really get frustrated when I get lost and I'm, I'm not sure what to do next because I'm so used to Metroid. And right, and nice, this one I think of- does
2: a pretty good job of kind of making sure you're not gonna get too lost. Where right. you know it's 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 kind of like Fusion, where it's, you know you have all these mini areas, but it doesn't feel as confined as Fusion does. You have some of these niceties, yes. right? Like you have the the fast travel points and some of these things that were actually and like uh, uh, auto saves and things like this that. We're kind of not used to having in Metroid, and that's kind of yeah. I was fun. very
0: surprised when I died during a boss fight and it loaded me like right in front of the boss. I was like, oh okay cool. Yeah. You'll you'll appreciate I'll, I'll totally that so. later on because
1: some of those boss fights actually get pretty yes. hard, which is cool. But isn't uh, it nice to see Nintendo add something modern like that to it? oh they, yeah that's
0: the thing nintendo always does that though in the remix uh like when they remade zelda wind waker they always like sort of cleaned up parts that people complained about a lot in the reviews like the sailing in the last latter part of the game uh they always they sped that up and made it go a lot faster so it always feels like nintendo is the one company when they do the remakes is always very certain to go back and clean up the parts that people didn't like uh they do that more than anyone. So. Uh, I'm not surprised that they did this, although it was you know not Nintendo developing. It was Mer- Mercury Steam. Uh, but Nintendo, I think, was clearly giving direction, saying, hey, hey here's here's some ways where you can reimagine this game instead of just remake it. Um, speaking to the point, Mike, you were saying about how it makes sure you don't get too lost. I, I was actually lost because I uh, was looking for another Metroid, or I, I didn't even know I was looking for another Metroid in that area. And I finally made my way back to these podiums where... you know, the point of the game is to kill 40 Metroids. We've talked about this on the past week's uh, episodes. Um, I had like four that I've killed and I collected their DNA and there's these podiums you're supposed to go back to and you put the DNA in there. And it turned out when I did that, it's like, Oh, here's another Metroid in this area. We've, we've discovered where it is and it popped up on my map and I just went right to it. I figured out how to get into that room finally. Um, And that was something like, it was like, I could have just kept bashing my head against the wall if I wanted to. And that was fine. That there is some value to doing that in these Metroidvania games. But I like that it was like, okay, I, I'd kind of given up. I'm gonna go, you know, this thing, I know I can interact with it. I have the DNA, I'll put it in there. And it's like, oh, now here it is on your map, just go there. It was uh it was kind of neat, it kept me moving. But yeah, I mean it's just it just feels so it feels great. It feels so
2: yeah, it feels this great. I, it, and it looks better than you than you're expecting it to, right? Like that was kind of like one of our Yeah, it's always three
0: three DS games are for sure. But, right, but yeah, yeah I was I was still good. surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in the 3D. The three D's really, really
1: neat. Those background elements. Yeah, but I, you you know you talk about 3ds games that look good. You know, there's a lot of 3ds games that look good. It's not so well, much that, about the, the they don't look picks. good pictures. They don't look good on YouTube. That's it's what it like. means. Well, well, yeah, we see um, these trailers of them. Is yeah. Well, yeah, but you know that's an isolated situation. Yeah,
0: it, it, it's just the way it's it's always the the pre-release versus actually playing it, and it's like you see those videos, and you're like, oh, that kind of looks pretty rough. And then when you're playing it in 3D, it it like smooths out. I was actually like turning it off and on to try to figure out what it is. Because if you have it in two D, it does look rougher, and there's like uh, the, the the horizontal lines are very bold, and you could see the interlacing. Uh, like very distinct and it's kind of it, it. it's ugly uh, it makes her look very blocky Um, but if you turn on 3d she's much more like the, the individual pixels are more noticeable but they're not the lines aren't quite as bold between those pixels so it does it like smooths out a little bit and it's uh more attractive to look at so i, I would definitely play it in 3d and playing it in 3d looks way better than what we saw before uh just from the video streams that nintendo was putting out uh, but yeah, I really like it that that counter move is a ton of fun. It makes combat really great. It's just a, it's just a really good game. Uh, you're right. It's not it's not a link between worlds, but no no game is link between worlds is practically perfect. So, um, we already talked about Marvel versus Capcom, Infinite. I've been putting a little, a little bit of time into that. I'm I'm not sure. I I I'm, d- I'm definitely liking the story. I got to go back and see if I can calm down Hulk with Ryu and finish it out. Is it is it worth it? I mean, I like I like Marvel. I do like a lot of Capcom stuff. I mean, will I be happy that I went back and actually put the time in there to beat it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's just not a huge priority, right? Uh, right. I mean, it's fun. And
0: I don't know what to say to that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know, I if would. you're if you're up to it, do whatever it you feel I like,
0: man. <laughs> Thanks for the advice, Mike. Thanks for the help there. <laughs> yeah, I, I turned the, turn the wheel over to you and you're like, I don't know. Like oh I don't know. Uh, Live your life. You should be uh, happy. I'm just gonna quote the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't try to plan too much. Things might not work out right. <laughs> uh all right, Fortnite Battlegrounds. This is uh you know, Fortnite is the ep- new epic game. Um I, I I've only touched the like the actual primary game of Fortnite, which is basically just a tower defense game where you're in there actually shooting. Uh, I've only touched that a little bit. And it's okay. It's fine. I don't think it's anything special. It reminds me a lot of Orcs Must Die. But they also decided to put in this PUBG mode, which it's really almost exactly like PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds, a hundred players all will jump in on, on the map. Uh, you fly in on a, uh, a bus that is attached to a hot air balloon and you jump out, <laughs> and you parachute. Yeah. It's, it's, it's actually really
1: neat looking at, I like that part. That, um, that sounds worth you know, you gotta play it just to see that.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And it's, it's, I think that's kind of the big difference is where PUBG always tries to be very realistic. Uh, and that's not just in the visual style, but in the way the, you know, the guns work and the vehicles work and everything like that. Um, and, and then Fortnite, on the other hand, is cartoony. Uh, the physics aren't as realistic or punishing. Uh, the the guns they do have like bullet drop, but they feel they just feel more cartoony. And there is, I think, a space for that. Uh, but, at time, it it, uh, but at the same time, it doesn't. It but at the same time, it it is missing some of that magic that makes PUBG work because it's not. It maybe doesn't feel as deep or or like you can get as skillful. Um, but it it is so far like there's been some other stuff. Grand Theft Auto. We, I've talked about that in the past. Um, a few other things it, it, of, the, of the, those modes that have come out that have tried to glom on to this huge success that is PUBG. It is the one that seems to work the best. And it is just because it's trying to stick so close to PUBG. Um,
1: um, um, but my, my question with it is, if you're a player like me who I did enjoy playing. Uh, yeah you didn't
0: it didn't seem like you hated your time with it for sure no i
1: didn't but for me i was more interested in basically just doing what kind of silly stuff i could play in it than actually competing you know give me a give me one of those buggies or one of those cars and let me just run them up on the map until someone kills me or i create as much mayhem as possible and i would enjoy that more than winning um what sort of mayhem could i create in fortnite so I, I think
0: you're, you would find that not as much as you would imagine. And I, would, I think you would still find that Cranny Mayhem is more fun in PUBG. Uh, the, the vehicles aren't in there yet. I, my understanding is Epic is still planning to bring ep- vehicles into Fortnite. So we'll see how those work. I think that the physics, again, f- the physics being so cartoony, it might not feel great. But we'll see.
1: Now, uh, can you, know, you? Excuse me. I'm sorry.
0: No, go ahead. Yeah, that was kind of finishing my point. I was going to talk about the, the building. But if there's some other questions. Oh,
1: I was just going to ask you about that.
0: So, I, like, what are you wondering? It's basically just, it's not, you're not going to be making weapons. You're not going to be. That's what uh, I was
1: wondering. If I could, yeah. you know, sit here and say, oh, I have found a shotgun. And, oh, I found a baseball bat. And I'm going to put them together and, yeah. and and make a shotgun where I can smack people with my baseball bat.
0: Yeah, definitely not. And I think I think there were some other games previously that have tried that in this in this genre. And, like, Ark, Ark Survival Evolved had its Ark Survival of the Fittest. And there's a lot of crafting in there. And I, I don't think it, it it really slows the game down and makes it more about trying to forage for these individual parts, uh, and it's not quite as exciting like you like run across uh, oh this specific type of rock as opposed to oh this very specific type of assault rifle that is very powerful. And I found that and that's fun. Um, so it, I think it was smart not to do the 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 weapon uh, you know creation mode and stuff like that. That's good. Um, now it's not going to. Gonna-
1: Is that coming or is no, I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. I think they realize it's not, that's not the game they want to make. So instead, but you do have, you can build structures, which is a big part of the main Fortnite game. It's, it's Minecraft with the, you know, tower defense stuff. Um, And so that means like, if you get like wrapped into the safe zone and it's in a big open field, which is something that happens in PUBG a lot. And you have to try to crawl through the grass and hope no one sees you, or get behind the one rock and try to like move around it, even though people are coming at you from all angles. And it's very stressful and crazy. In this game, you can build your own structures and use your own, uh, you know, your own defensive walls in front of you. Uh, it's going to give away your position, but you're also going to be protected from, you know, from bullet shots from pretty far away. People could still throw grenades at you and blow it up. You know, you just have to be aware. Uh, it does change things up a little bit, uh, and I'm not sure if it's going to. It doesn't feel like a huge departure from this genre, though. It just feels like a different flavor of the same sort of
1: thing. If that now, makes sense, have these structures resulted in people fighting the center of the map and turtling there? Uh, not not necessarily, because you do st- like because because
0: you have to go find weapons. People still have to go out and loot. There's still a huge looting phase at the beginning of the match. Uh, if someone does get a really good sniper rifle, though, maybe they could do that, but. Again, you don't want to give away your position because like uh, the grenades, the explosive weapons in this game are a lot more powerful. So if someone throws a grenade near the structure you've built, that it's going to blow apart. Your wall is going to be gone. People are going to know you're
1: there, and they're going to find you.
0: Could so you, you don't want to be the center of
1: attention. Could you build something tall enough to get out of the range of grenades but still take advantage of a sniping rifle to protect yourself in the middle of the map?
0: Yeah, you could for sure, I think. But, I mean, other people are going to have sniper rifles and things like that. So, I mean, that doesn't mean that that strategy wouldn't work. It's just every moment you're building is a moment you're not necessarily watching your back, and then someone could be coming. So there's you know, there's give and take. I will say that I have seen people, like, there are uh, big, tall hills in this game that you can't really get to on foot. And one of the things I've seen people do is they're just building stairs in front of themselves as they're running. And so they're just running up there, and they're basically, like, flying up to the tops of these mountains. And it's like, okay. That's, That's pretty I, cool. Yeah, I see, I see the appeal and why someone who has played both might choose this. I, I think that it's not for me. Um, not necessarily. I, I, it's working. It's doing what it wants to do. I just I want that realistic depth that PUBG is bringing. Yeah, so.
1: this this sounds like it's more up my alley because I get to do silly stuff in it.
0: Yeah, I, I, totally. I, I just I think when you said that, I'm like it works better in PUBG because it's so serious so when you do silly stuff it's that much more silly because it's just it's such an odd juxtaposition to what like to the surrounding you know this weird russian island with all these like really drab buildings and these old dacia cars that are pieces of junk and you're doing huge jump stunts in them and stuff it's it's yeah when, when you combine those elements together, I don't know. It makes it fun, and then sometimes you might end up still doing really well and getting a couple kills, even though you were, you know, goofing off the whole game, and that makes it even more fun. I, I don't know. So I, I still think goofing off in PUBG is going to be better, um, but we'll see. It's still very early on for Fortnite Battlegrounds, and it works as they have it right now, and they haven't even added in things like duos or squads. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um just a couple other games I want to touch on real quick observer. This came out last month. It is the uh, new sort of cyberpunk horror game from the guys who did layers of fear uh, blooper team. They're in Poland and the game takes place in Poland and it has you playing as Rucker Rucker. How I can't say his name? How do you say his R- name?
1: Rutger Hauer is how I've always heard
0: it. Ru- Rutger Hauer. That sounds right. Uh, he, you know, he's the replicant leader from, uh, from uh, Blade Runner. And, you know, he's, older now and you play as the old version of him and he's a detective and he goes into people's brains and like ex- extracts all their knowledge. And uh, the game's definitely going to play on that stuff. I've only gotten in so far where I'm just kind of uh, inv- investigating an apartment early on. And it's, it's, it's really beautiful looking and it's got really great cyberpunk style where at any time you could hit Q or E to bring up a bio vision or a uh, electromagnetic vision. And it puts these really great fil- filters on uh, that are, both simultaneously very high-tech feeling but also 1980s high-tech feeling where you know it's interlaced and glitchy and there's tracking and stuff like that um so i, I i've been digging that just because it, it it's beautiful and it's uh i like playing as worker Hauer. he's cool um and he has a lot of the like voice work so he's like telling you what's happening like he's talking to himself in his head so i i've enjoyed that um the other game is the little ball that could, and this we just kind of got a little PR message about this last week. It was like, oh yeah, this game's out on Steam now, and it's just a uh, it's Marble Madness or Super Monkey Ball with a, maybe maybe it leans a little bit more Marble Madness because it's the isotropic view. Is that the right word? Iso, Isometric. Isometric. Yeah. Thank you. Isotropic is completely isotropic, different. Isotropic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. I'm just. That is what it's called now. I'm just gonna say. <laughs> Alright. Uh, it's, it's actually really solid. I think it was on mobile phones before. I'm glad it's on steam. Now I was playing with a controller. Uh, it feels really good. I kind of got into a thing where I was just trying to, um, like you can collect like three gems each time and there's like a hidden puzzle piece and you want to beat it in a certain amount of time. And that's how you get three stars, which is a pretty standard way of building a game for mobile. Uh, but it also has uh, a thing where you want to beat it in a super fast time without getting in any of that stuff. And you'll go on the global leaderboard and the game had just come out. So I was like able to get like number one on a bunch of these levels. And so I was like kind of getting that habit where I'm playing them over and over and over again. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much the best is what I'm trying to say. World champion right here.
1: Uh, Cut that. Throw it at me. I don't give a damn. Um, i already. What's, what's fantastic, you know, so Marble Madness is one of the first games I fell in love with on um, my old Apple II GS when I was a kid. I loved that, was that game. Is that monochrome? No, no. This was a very cool this was the most this was the best looking color at the time on a oh. on a on a personal computer. So this like VGA
0: or what? Like 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 256 colors? Like it had 256
1: colors. All right. Yeah I'm right. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was the best looking version of the Bard's Tale, for example. Um and, and you know, just moving that little marble through your maze, it, it, and the music that I had with it, it was it was fantastic. And I was so happy to see that somebody's trying to do these kind of things. And, and I always enjoyed the Super Monkey Ball games. Me too. And, oh gosh,
2: I'm ready for one
1: of those again. I guess it made those, one
2: since 2012.
1: Those are those A real are, one. Those are fun, and and to see it come back, but you know, in an indie form like this, just just made, just made my heart smile when I saw the release and then sent it to you.
0: Yeah, I'm, so I was uh, I was happy to kind of check it out and uh yeah, I really like it. I think I'm just going to it's going to be the kind of game where I play between matches of other stuff because I can knock out a few stages here and there. Uh and I'll probably get through that whole thing.
1: It sounds like um, it would be a nice palate cleanser after playing something like yeah. you know, PUBG. For sure, exactly.
0: Uh, and that's what I think I'm going to keep it as.
1: All right, guys,
2: this is a pretty epically long what we've been playing segment.
0: Yes, we are I'm I just finished up. Oh well, you're, god, you're right. The fall oh, let's, yeah, we'll we'll hit the news and we'll get going real quick into the next segment after that. So uh, Nintendo Direct, uh, that happened this last week. I'll just kind of go th- through some of the highlights from this. Uh, if there's anything you guys want to call, it, let me know. Um, let's see. Uh, they had a bunch of Super Mario Odyssey stuff. And the biggest thing everyone took away from that is Mario has nipples, but not a belly button. This is almost
2: a game I did not need to see anymore. I was like, no, don't even show me. I'm, I'm ready for it. Just Just release it.
0: Yeah, it uh, it just keeps looking better and better. Yeah, <laughs> everything, good. everything they show, the music, every little animation. Yeah, it it looked really good. I can't, I cannot wait. That's October twenty seventh. Um, so I'll be there for that. Uh, Minecraft is coming to the 3ds, but only the new 3ds, not the old three. Like, is not the surprising, original. huh? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, the, it was probably already in the works for a while, and they're probably like, "Hey, we can get it w- running on new 3ds. It's not going to work on the old one. Maybe we'll try for a little while."
2: This feels, this feels like the first, like, new 3DS-only game in some time. I
0: forgetting. Yeah, for sure, since, like, the first year that the new 3DS came out. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, D- Doom and Wolfenstein 2, both are coming to the Switch. Doom this year, I think Wolfenstein 2 is coming sometime in 2018. It's kind of a bummer that it... I, I bet Bethesda's pretty bummed that they can't get Wolfenstein 2 out on on October 27th because that who, who like people are going to go into the store, they're going to get their Super Mario Odyssey bundle, and what games are they going to pick out? Oh, this Wolfenstein game's on that Switch. Would have been I'll try that. Good
1: for them, yeah.
0: yeah, so I bet they're pretty bummed it's not going to be able to be ready for
1: that. Yeah, but what I'd be interested in learning is are they doing that for a strategic purpose, or is it just because it's taking that long to get it adapted to the Switch? I, I think, I mean, I,
0: I bet Doom is pretty easy to, to do because it's been out for so long there's they don't have to do a ton of work they've already ported it a bunch of times it it's uh you know so, and they, they're very familiar with that engine and wolfenstein 2 isn't done yet so i bet it's just because they can't it's not going to be ready um and they probably didn't realize they wanted to do a switch version until relatively recently
1: right i'm sure so so they weren't doom, working doom can this, quickly like or or they've known about this for a while and they wanted to nail doom first
0: yeah, that's true, but that's possible. Doom is coming out December thirteenth, according to some rumors right now. Uh, there's some uh, uh, dates online that that claim that. I feel like if if they were trying to get Doom out first, they would have it before Thanksgiving. Uh, like it, right right now, as it is right now, they're like, oh, let's just see if we could sneak it in before Christmas, and then do Wolfenstein Two as soon after that as possible.
1: Yeah. You know, regardless, this was a, fa- a fantastic surprise. I love seeing this happen. Agreed.
0: Xenoblade Chronicles Two a Really long sort of thing that kind of confused the hell out of me, Mike. We love going again.
2: really in depth on like exactly how its mechanics work, which is a surprising thing to do in this presentation specifically. But For sure, it, it looks I, cool I will, to me, like, I, kinda, I agree, yeah. And I like that. Like, I played about half of the first one, uh, I enjoy it, but just kind of got distracted at some point. Uh, I'm so I'm, I'm kind of glad that this looks like. It's like kind of in that same place, but it's not like the same characters, at least what I can tell,
1: or the same story. So you could probably just jump into this one, which is I, nice. I really enjoyed the first twenty hours I spent with Xenoblade, the the first one, and I just never was able to finish it. I just never was able to get around to, to spending more time with it. And I'm wondering if, you know, since this time it's gonna be on the Switch and I can play it just about anywhere, if if that will help me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of the cool
2: thing. That's kind of the exciting thing for me is that this is the first like real big JRPG that's coming out for the Switch. So, and like I kind of want the system just to be the home for that genre going forward, so it's kind of exciting for that.
1: Well, as soon as as soon as developers either get their pipelines running for the Switch or decide that it's, you know, the the player base on the 3DS shrinks so much because of its age. You know, we we'll, we could possibly see that happen. Like, it well, might take a little while. Well, we've already
2: seen so many of these things that would used to come out on like Vita and stuff like moving to PC, right? So I wonder if some of that stuff is going to be showing up here. Like, God, I would love it if they just would release some of the trails games on here and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I it, love it like, Yeah. Nintendo wants that, that that to happen as well. Um I feel like we could talk about a lot more about Xenoblade Chronicles, but I want to actually talk more about Project Octopath Traveler. Uh, Mike, you and I both played the demo for this. Yeah, well, I played... There's like
2: two characters you can play as. I played as the girl so far. Yeah, me too.
0: So it's it. this is the new RPG from like... You know how Square Enix a few years ago was like, hey, we're going to try to put some investment in old school, old style RPGs. And this is like the, the, the... in that lineage, just like bravely default was before, um, and it's from the bravely default
1: people. They spent a lot exact- of time on this on the stream too.
0: Yeah, I think they realized that it's it's a stunner in terms of the way it. I mean, at least the way it presents itself on a stream. It's a uh, they call it HD 2D, and it's kind of 2.5D, where it's, it's these old Super Nintendo NES looking characters sprites in a 3D world that has kind of just kind of been drawn out into the 3D plane, and it, it looks great. Uh, I played it, and it seems like it could be very good. Uh, it was very. Mike said this actually on Twitter. It was very dark. It surprisingly was surprisingly
2: dark. dark. I mean, you're playing as like a dancer slash uh, whore,
0: and like the, the, yeah, the no other word, yeah, no one cares. Yeah, no.
1: Right now, now does that mean dark, or does that mean adult? No, it no that, that oh. is
0: adult. But then she gets punched in the mouth by her like her owner practically like multiple times. So it, she get, that that's she dark. gets
1: punched by her pip.
0: Yes. Multiple times. That's yeah. different. Yeah.
1: And, That's different for Nintendo. And and, and like,
0: I don't know. I, it's like, we're, we're getting a very small snippet. I, I did think it was like, I, I thought it was maybe shocking and like maybe crossing a line, but I was like trying to examine that and wonder why I felt that way. And I was thinking like, I think it's just because it looks like an, a Super Nintendo game. And yeah. I'm, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking it through through that prism where if I was playing this on the Super Nintendo as a kid, this wouldn't be appropriate for me. This is not, I shouldn't be playing this. My mom's going to come take this away from me. But it's, I mean, I'm not like, 34 now, and I could be playing this game, and it's cool that they're making this, right? Yeah, I don't
2: know if I thought it was crossing a line, but it definitely is like you're expecting kind of a Final Fantasy VI tone, and it's like uh, more of a right. Dragon Age tone, I guess. Right? Like, yes. You want to think of Dragon yeah. just being speci- or specifically super dark, but when like, like a game that looks like this with the is times, like It's Game of
0: Thrones. Oh, oh, God, watch, my bad. Well, you're looking
2: for the Witcher here.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of. Well, yeah, it gets I,
2: even real darker, maybe.
0: But uh, I, I think it's Game of Thrones that they're trying to, to trying to be like, that's the most popular thing in this genre right now. And I, so it definitely felt like that. I mean, yeah, I, it's I, it was weird. I just it was my initial reaction. And I don't actually think that's accurate the way I felt. I think this game should exist the way it is. I don't they're not doing anything that's I, it, it, the only OK. The only thing that I would say was probably bad is just all of the supporting cast voice acting and writing. I think the main characters were pretty OK. Uh, but anyone else was kind of v- very bland or very rote or, well, it's pretty J JRPG, So like to, to, be, yeah, I mean, exactly. to me,
2: that was like, eh, yeah, it's, uh, right. So cool I stuff- just
0: felt like they were trying to be more adult and yet they're still existing sure. in this genre that could be very immature. Uh, yeah. That was all the, the only thing.
2: I, uh, well, I really liked was the battle system. It, it's kind of similar to Braille default. And like the, like you kind of this currency that you can use to like have more turns when you want to, uh, it, it would fairly default. It's a bit more like if you use extra turns, you're going to lose them later. And this one, it's, uh, you just kind of get a point each after each turn, you can use that for extra turns. So the so idea no is more that,
1: of the, so no more of the, you know, if you buy me a hamburger today, I'll pay you two on Tuesday type of. Thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, like combat basically goes down to you exploiting weaknesses, uh, like elemental or melee, like each enemy has like a shield. So you want to kill, get rid of the shield. And then when they're in like they're weakened state for a bit. that only lasts one turn that's when you want to spend as many turns as you can to kind of whale on them and there's more intricacies even about beyond that just in the demo so and you only have one party member what i play too so already though it seemed really interesting
0: yeah it was it was cool essentially the dancer we were playing as uh you know there's eight characters you could choose from i think in the final game uh, and they might all have different intertwining stories. I'm not sure how that's going to work, right? Uh, but she she had the power to allure. She could go and dance her people and convince them to come with her. Allure and that yes, and then she can use their skills to help her do things. It was I, I could see the potential there, um, and I yeah, I, it looked it looked really good. There were parts of it I thought where I, maybe it doesn't look as good as I was hoping. I I think um, do you mean uh, like
1: it just kind of fidelity or yes, just, just the feel the you know, like, game.
0: Just the art, like I think the artistic uh, execution of what they were going for, it maybe felt a bit more grimy than I think they intended at times. Where just, yeah, just something a bit like fuzz on the lens yeah. or something. But
1: that you uh, guys saw that was it an alpha or a beta state? Yeah, but th- it even I have mean, a mean, game guess, yet, Jess.
0: I know but it's it's a demo, but I understand they're taking feedback from this demo and they're going to try to like make it better based on that. So it's really. Uh, It's weird. It's the, it's the time where it's actually a beta and they're calling it a demo instead of the reverse, which is what always happens. Um, okay. We can move on. My page actually isn't loading very well, but so I guess we could, I could just try to go do a couple from memory. Um, Mario party, the top 100 for the 3ds Kirby battle Royale. These are games. Which are just random, whatever's for the 3ds. Exactly. What, what were some of the big other things for the switch? I I'm trying to find Do Do you guys remember anything?
2: Well, the other, uh, highlight games were, uh, I mean, I spent a lot of time on Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, which I'm kind of checked out on. Like, kind of right. Kind
1: of, that's
0: another yeah, three. There's
1: you know, you had Fire Emblem Warriors.
0: Yeah, and that's coming out this year. Yeah, it's, not- it's a you know, it's a it's a Muso game. Uh, it'll it'll be what it is, and I think yeah, it'll well, do that as know, well as Zelda. Maybe maybe not quite as well, or maybe better just because it's on the Switch.
1: You know, if people you know people enjoy doing something different with Fire Emblem characters, and and, and to remember you know people. Some people really love I enjoy the, the characters from, fire, from character. fire Emblem. They, they might enjoy having more besting, you know, hands on physical take with them. Oh,
2: hands yeah, on physical. Stops. Takes. Oh, oh I did
1: not even <laughs> attend it in that way. <laughs> you
0: got to be careful when you have a Fire Emblem perv on the podcast. James. Look,
2: it's the time it's say it every week. Nintendo. They're the ones who made Fire Emblem sexy all of a sudden.
0: Very yeah, they they, they definitely turned into that like oh it's bathing suit like month and then all summer long it's bathing suit season in the the mobile game of Fire Emblem yeah and
1: then uh, you know a special more up you know a, a bigger version of snipper clips
0: yeah if we're talking about
2: be- better snipper clip versions we can move on from this thing yeah
0: I think so I I, I yeah I, agree. This, I
2: can't I, I, it was an okay direct um it wasn't really it wasn't a big surprise like I was before I thought that they maybe. I guess there's still like one coming. I don't know if it's this year or the next where they're kind of announcing some things that are more on the roadmap. No,
1: you guys are looking at all that stuff, and when it comes to Nintendo, what I'm really looking forward to is the um, not even an Nintendo game. It's Atlas's Etrian Odyssey Five on the 3DS coming out pretty soon. I I'm I, looking forward to that. I go
2: into a whole little rant here, but I'll, I'll try not to get behind about how like I want to like these more grindy RPGs. But I just don't think I do, and I kind of feel bad about. it. Like I was able to play Persona Q because they dressed it up with all the Persona stuff, but uh, I thought Shimigami Tensei Four was only okay. And I got about ten hours into Um Strange Journey, which was the DS one that's just being remade now, and I was enjoying it. But it's just I don't know. It just doesn't grab me like playing through Trails in the Sky or Persona Five. Or I need I need a bit more. I need something with story and characters, at least. So I don't. Ezio Nazi is not for
0: me. I don't like them, and I don't feel bad.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right, well, Switch like
0: outsells PS4 and Xbox One. Madden 18 and GTA V are the top software uh, top top for the software chart. Uh, that's I mean, Switch is of course going to just be the number one th- thing there, but man, GTA V still number two. Uh, it it outsold, still... unch- it, it, out, it, out, it outsold Uncharted, The Last Legacy, The Lost Legacy, whatever that game is. Yeah, Lost the uh, uh, Lost Legacy. And the only thing I'd point out there is the Lost Legacy is included in some of the Collector's Edition versions of Uncharted 4. Oh, I think, so, think
2: Lost Legacy did pretty well for being like a kind of sequel, kind of ex- DLC thing. Right. It I just like some some people also already owned platform. it.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Some people already owned it. Uh, I, I just typically, typically a new Uncharted, which is how Sony was trying to position this, would be number one. Uh I think it might have done better than what this, this chart is indicating, is all I'm saying, because people already bought it when they bought Uncharted 4. Sure. Um, I, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just think it's it's Madden number one, of course. Um, Switch is going to continue to be the number one, probably, for the rest of the year. Yeah, Madden's
1: always going to be a, you know, a contender for top sales in August. Yeah. But what fascinates me about Grand Theft Auto is, you know, the beast that's become Grand Theft Auto Online. Yeah, and all this continued work they've done with it. And if you think about it, most of us who play, who've played Grand Theft Auto Online in the press, only played it for about a year that first release time. Now I know you've dabbled every now and then with other parts of it, Jeff. And yeah, the, and yeah, great, man. thank you for doing that. Yeah, um, nothing much though. Yeah, but it's it, it certainly become a major selling point. And has showed that you can still make this huge, great, and all-encompassing single-player experience, but you can also put on a you know ongoing onlo- online live experience too. And 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 no game has really done that in a way that goes year after year after year after year after year like like GTA has. I mean, this is groundbreaking. Yeah,
0: I I, I hear that too, and I'm, I'm I'm not even sure if that's necessarily what it is. Uh, to me, it almost seems like. It's still just selling because it's Grand Theft Auto in a way. Like people go to buy a new system and they get a bundle, so they get a game with it, and then they want something else. And Grand Theft Auto Five is right there, and they recognize it. And it's one of those games that, like, if you aren't, uh, if you don't, if you don't call yourself a gamer, Grand Theft Auto is still one of the series where you're like, oh, that's definitely a game I like. I know that for sure. And there's a new one, and it's on the system I just bought. I want that. And no. then, I, and then I think they sort of get locked in. They get. Like sucked into the online after that. Like it's almost like a bonus for Rockstar and and two K where the people buying the game don't even necessarily know like about this whole online portion. I think some unless they're playing it
1: because their friends are playing it.
0: Yeah, I think and I think that's that is definitely part of it. I just think that does I don't think that explains how it's still number two. It came out in twenty thirteen. I don't think that explains like why it's still so popular to this point. I think it just has to do with such a powerful brand recognition. And then all the money Rockstar and 2K are making on the back end is because online is then getting those players into that ecosystem in a really smart way. I, I, that's what I think. That's even more impressive that that they found a way to capitalize on this long tail of sales in a way that that no other game really has. Uh, I think
1: it's I think it's part of both.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I just I,
1: well, don't, I don't ask because I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, it's it's just it's hard to tell. I just don't necessarily. Uh, by that, because we haven't seen the evidence one way or the other, and and Two K and
1: Rockstar aren't aren't telling us. So,
0: um, well, here's the other
1: thing too: is it, it is you, you take a look and to show you just how on top of things the developers and designers are for GTA Online is they they said okay, well, you know, let's let's experiment and, and try a battle royale mode and see what happens. And you played it. What did you think of that? It was okay.
0: It, it's uh, it's you know it's it's interesting. I'm glad it's in there. I I do think that it's um really smart that they've built a game where they can't do something like that so fast. I think that's the most interesting thing about that. It's it's not a great battle royale clone, it's not a great um even just a multiplayer you know combat mode inside of GTA 5. It's just sort of a distraction. But the fact that they could even get it up and running so quickly, and then maybe iterated on on it in the future, that's what's impressive. So uh, I would like to see kind of what they do with that in the uh, in the future. Um, let's keep moving though. Uh, let's talk about Nintendo increasing the inventory for Super Nintendo Classic and the NES Classic is returning in
1: 2018. I um, uh, believe it when I see it. Yeah, they well, really said that It's happening
2: now. They, they they said it right. it kind of – It can't just nod at this point. The NES yeah, Classic but is much, back. How
1: much is it? Oh, we're gonna give each store five right. more. Oh, uh, sure.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to like to have... I don't know. It just seems like... Reggie came out and said, don't spend more than retail price for Super Nintendo Classic. And I think that is the one thing that people are finally starting to be like, okay, maybe they're serious. Everything they've said before this, no one's really bought into. Everyone's been uncertain about, oh, like Nintendo just said they're going to make more. What does that even mean? No one's really felt good about any of that. Uh, but at, at the same time, just saying don't pay retail... It just feels like, again, Nintendo's not being very forthcoming about exactly what's happening here. Uh, if they, I And again, what if they're going to bring it back in 2018, why not just say, actually, it'll be on sale in perpetuity until everyone who wants one has one. But, you know, that's just not the way Nintendo wants to operate. Perpetuity. Um, yeah. Is NES it, Golf. Is a $5 worth? Yeah, you know, I got $10, so I got, I'll come up with a better one here in a second, I'm sure. NES Golf has been found inside the Nintendo Switch's firmware. Uh... This is just the original golf for the NES. It's a pretty basic game. It doesn't have a lot of huge fans. I, I like it, but it was never like one of my top favorite Nintendo games.
1: Oh, but it was a fun. Yeah, it's a solid golf, golf game, game from yeah. back then.
0: Absolutely, it's it's definitely solid. I, I'm. It's but the point is, it's 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 just hiding inside the Switch's software. It's in there right now, um, and the people who are starting to figure out how to unlock it. They don't know the exact process. Uh, it also has motion controls. I just think that this might be indicative of like how Nintendo was thinking about bringing back its games in a world where anyone could play any of its games at any time with an emulator and ROMs on the PC or their smartphones or anything else. So we'll see. I I wish that or I at least hope that this this coming out and people starting to dive in and understand what this is is going to force Nintendo to come out and tell us what the hell is going on with its old games or virtual console or whatever.
1: Well, you know, it's not going to force a tenant to do anything. They'll just yeah. watch it. They'll, you know, they might offer a comment about how, you know, we have plans we're not going to talk about, and then they'll move on. Yep, I think you're
0: right. Divinity uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 Studio claims it set Steam RPG record. Uh, Jason, I think you wrote this. What, what, so what happened here?
1: Yeah, so they've still they, they, well, – so they, they claim that with their, you know, about – a little more than 84,000 concurrents over the weekend playing Steam, which was number four at the time, uh, that they beat the concurrent record for any RPG. Um, this was dug up uh, from PC Games N, and I asked Doug Lombardi over at Valve if, if they could verify this, and, and they couldn't. So but so what it, what it means is, holy hell, a lot of people are playing this turn-based RPG, Right now, uh, part of it is because it's new, and part of it is because there's been a lot of people waiting who were interested in it and may not have bought it during early access or during the Kickstarter phase because they wanted to see the finished product. Um, but it also shows that you know, never ever believe anyone when they say RPGs of any type are dead because they're not right, and they right. never will. They're 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 a core segment of of gaming. Which yep. I just think it's really cool that, you know, the number four game on Steam, behind P Bug, behind Dota, PUBG. and behind yeah, Bug. Whatever, uh, and P-Bug, whatever, and Counter Strike. is what it's P-Bug called from now, now on. Yeah, is a very you know is a hardcore RPG that that's fantastic to see.
0: Yeah, that that is, absolutely and it's it is the-
1: certainly a credit to what, um, Larian has made so far. Yep.
0: Sometimes fans will show up for your game if your game has an identity. I think uh, people will be there for it. Uh, speaking of P Bug, it surpassed the all-time highest concurrent players record on Steam set by Dota Two in 2016. So it had I think around 1.35 concurrent or 1.35 million concurrent players all at the same time. This is this usually happens at like 7 a.m. Uh, Pacific time because that's China. when that's when China comes online and the game is just massive in China. It's massive on Steam in China, which is kind of, I think, a very strange thing in a world with with Wii game, with Tencent's Steam equivalent, and it's not on there, it's on Steam, uh, and that's where people are showing up for it, so yeah, it's, I think, I don't know, who knows what the ceiling is for this game, it feels like it could get to two, three, four million concurrent players on Steam, which is just nuts, but we'll see. Um... Finally, Toys R Us may file for bankruptcy. People are saying maybe as soon as today. I, I haven't kept up with it to see if there's a see if there's an update. Um, but we, we were talking about this and we were just kind of all maybe being a little nostalgic about Toys R Us and kind of missing the uh, the yeah the uh, old days of going there to buy video games and how that's definitely going away. But it's already kind of gone away. Like Toys R Us is not the same. I haven't been in there forever, but even before that, it was never quite. Uh, the I mean, same been, I, it's funny because I've
2: only been going to Toys R Us for the first time in a while lately because of the nieces and you know stuff and getting them things well what's so, it like
0: like how does it compare to like what it was like when we were kids
2: God, for, for one thing I'm in the pink aisles a lot more um, <laughs> you know, It's weird. Yeah, one of the weird things is in the ways that it's, it's
1: not all that different I guess like that area of the bikes is still there you know there's the that aisles the, like the Marvel. that is the same as it even was when I was a kid yeah right
2: <laughs> I mean, the the biggest thing that's changed is video games because you used to have that awesome, like, it was like aisles of, like, the slips, and you, like, there's, like, a picture of the box art. You flip it over, you saw the back of the box And under it was, like, a a slip. And, like, you would... Sometimes they wanted they would be out of the game. There'd be no slip there. You'd be like, "Oh no!" And yep. then you bought—you bought the slip, and then you took it behind the catcher's just to like this cage. Oh, I love the, the actual cage. Actual game, and it was—it was the greatest thing ever. Oh my god! There was a
1: Reddit thread today about people talking about their nostalgia over this. Um, I remember going and looking at this wall, and I was a very short child. And it just seemed so tall. It had That's what I was going to say. all these games. Um, oh, my
2: God. It uh, like you know, and
1: back when I was going, this started with Intellivision, Atari 2600, ColecoVision games that were up there. And to me, what they have now, it seems like fewer games, even though it's probably more. It's just yeah. spread out in a different manner. But, you know, going back and getting that slip and moving over to the cage, it just it felt more special right. especially so now that you know so many games i buy are digital and you're just you know clicking on something and it just appears and then you load it up and it's like oh there's nothing special about that other than when you take into consideration the whole technological aspect of how amazing it is you can just buy a game and download it and in five minutes it's on your hard drive you can play it yeah. um but yeah i miss that i miss that and i have nostalgia for toys r us even as I realized that it killed the mom and pop game store that I used to love when I was a kid, um, I'd go in and you just see these aisles upon aisles of things. And I can remember the star Wars figures and they would be like, you know, eight or nine figures across and 10 figures deep. And you go in today and it's like, Oh, maybe three by three. Um, yeah, that's it's, changed.
0: I, 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 a part of me wonders if, um, you know, I, I could also go on about the my nostalgia for uh, Toys R Us. I got my Nintendo 64 there, and it, it was the same thing. You go in there and you get the slip, and it was a huge wall in the cage. But uh, 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 I think you guys did a pretty good job of covering that. And I want to talk about whether or not, like, Toys to Life and interactive toys might have had some hand in the downfall here of, of Toys R Us. And I, I don't know if there's any, like, direct li- like lineage there, but it definitely felt like... Everyone was coming in there with, with their Skylanders, the, the, the Amiibo, and all these toys. And that was going to be the future of physical toys. And everyone shifted that way. And it just it shriveled up. And it's died. And it's on its way out. And there's nothing there to replace that revenue for Toys R Us. Because it was definitely... It, the, the Toys of Life was definitely replacing traditional toys at the time. I remember writing stories that say, like, Skylanders is on the way up. And people are spending less money at the same rate on Transformers and... Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys and things like that, and Star Wars to- toys even. So,
1: I just wonder so, if that might have been it, but who knows? Let me, me let me answer this. It's a it's it, it's not that. It's a combination of a couple things because right now people are actually spying more on action figures than they have in years, mm-hmm. and part of that is because uh, the segment has grown in such a way that girls are buying them now because they're seeing more women who are in movies that they're making action figures right. of. Plus, you're getting you know the the, the ones that cater to girls were like star wars destiny were are a little more doll like but they're still really cool figures um but it's also a combination of walmart and target have killed toys r us yeah. and you've got two private equity firms and a real estate firm that own toys r us now and they want their money damn it and yeah. that makes that sense. that's you know that has just killed toys r us and <sighs> I just I don't, firms.
0: I don't even see them. I, I, I don't even uh, know where they are. Uh, hang on just one sec. You guys keep going.
2: Bye, Jeff. But yeah, I'm going to miss Toys R Us. I mean, well, I guess that's my question is is this, what does this mean? Is Toys R Us really going to be going away? Well, well who no, knows? Oh, I saying. don't think so because.
1: Um, I can't, right? I mean, there's, there's really no other toy stores like toy. People have to buy toys well, somewhere. No, there's Walmart, there's Target, there's Amazon. I guess, but they, that's but still Toys still. R Us, you know, Toys R Us is still a good place for other things too. Uh, diapers, baby food, clothes. Did they combine? You know, like,
0: combine all their other their other properties? Babies. Oh, I still have a Babies R Us. No, they're
1: still Babies R Us, okay, and sure but, you know, Babies R Us is where we went to go buy diapers for okay. both our kids and, and we went there religiously partially because it was convenient it's very close to our house but uh, partially because they had good deals and they regularly had one brand or another on sale that we liked and and we were able to see our car seats there and that's where we bought our car seats and we were able to look at you know these sort of baby toys and i would sit there and i would wrestle with them and oh okay these seem pretty solid okay we'll buy it um in addition to online reviews we've had so you know Will Tarzara survive? I hope so. You know, there's definitely a place time and place for it. Um, but it's not that special experience anymore, especially um, when I think about board game stores and where I go to buy board games or miniatures. Um, there's still that special feel there at those where you, you can see it and you could look at it from different angles and you could feel the heft of the game and shake it to see the you know how much there's going on inside. Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, I I hope it I hope it st- sticks around.
0: I don't even know where a Toys R Us is, so who knows? Maybe it'll come back to you know come roaring back to life in a new way with you know new leadership, but we'll see. Um okay, I think what we're gonna do is I'm gonna we're gonna go to a break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna talk real quick about our topic. Uh, we've already been going for a long time, so we'll make it real quick. Yeah. So let's go to the break and I'll be right back. Whether, Whether developing, developing playing or simply, or simply hosting, hosting games, games on a server, on a server Intel, Intel makes, makes it happen. happen. And, and Intel, Intel wants, to wants to make sure, sure the biggest, biggest innovation, innovation in gaming continue, continue to happen, happen on, the, on p- the PC by giving developers a hand with the Intel Game Dev Program. All you have to do is sign up, and Intel will provide the resources necessary to help you continue to innovate and make gaming even more amazing. Head on over to the Game Dev Program at software.intel.com gamedev to get started. Again, that URL is software.intel.com gamedev. Okay, so we're back, and the the big topic here is it feels like we are seeing more gigantic failures coming from bigger and bigger names. Uh, I I just wrote down three here, and there might be others. Battleborn, Agents of Mayhem, Lawbreakers. Uh, Battleborn is from a Gearbox. They most recently, before that, they were making the uh, the those Diablo shooters. What are they called? Borderlands. Borderlands. Yeah, very. That's right. Exactly. Uh Agents of Mayhem is from the teams that were doing with the team that did Saints Row, uh, which was, you know, building in popularity, and this game did not do well. And then Lawbreakers is Cliffy B's new game, and it has less than two hundred and fifty players at, at, at certain points uh during the week. So Ooh, yeah. That's right. Uh, so I, I you know, I want to get you guys started here just real quick, and then I you know, I gotta run and do something and I'll be like right back. But uh my, my question here to kind of get us started is does it feel like these games don't have an identity, and that's why they failed? Uh, I think like when something like Overwatch comes out, it established a really strong voice early on, and people locked onto that, and that is kind of what sold it before they realized it's also a really awesome game. Um, mm-hmm. is, is there something there, or is there something else? Well-
1: well, first of all, is is it too early to call Agents and Lawbreakers a failure? Is there still time to see what will happen? With there these? is, but it's rare. One of that, the
2: few ones that came back from the brink like that is um what's what's that free to play shooter uh, uh, Warframe. Yeah, Warframe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just real Warframe. quick, Agents of Man
0: was number sixteen on the on the in its first month on the NPD chart, which is just. Absolute beating. Like I don't know. That 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 is it just the
2: make I think it's done. I mean, that that's does kind of I've that doesn't have any
0: life as a service thing going
2: on there. That's just an open world game. It debuted low. Um and it's almost surprising because there didn't seem to be any excitement for that when it was coming out, right? Um, you know, people kind of looked at it as a sort of Kinda of cracked down, kinda of seems real, kinda of didn't look kinda of looked ugly, right? Uh just it did you know, and it, it had some things going on, like you would switch characters instantly, I guess, but it just never seemed all that exciting. It really got lost there. Um that performance isn't too uh surprising. But yeah, I think there is something like I think all of these games are are kinda similar in that they, they have like this identity problem of just what are they trying to go... I mean, Battlefront 1 a little bit less so because at least they had, like, the gearbox thing with the cell shading and whatnot. But even then, at that time, it was just competing directly with uh, Overwatch, at least aesthetically, which looks so much more interesting. Yeah, law. Oh, it's funny how Overwatch is like I think you could put up against both of these things as like this, the comparison, and they're not exactly like that. But you look at Overwatch, and it's just this such an interesting, vibrant thing where you know, even people who aren't playing it are kind of at least aware of like, oh yeah, this looks cool. and it it, it it's it looks different. It's interesting. You know, nobody was saying, oh wow, lawbreakers is. It's uh, looks like you know what. If there's an unreal file it would probably look something like that it's just yeah a but,
1: boring. but but with Lawbreakers, you remember when it was announced at e3 um two years ago we were we were taken with it we thought it looked great and was very interesting and was I taken with it you know and that is something to, oh, Dean Dean and I both okay. saw okay. some serious potential I think Jeff did but you know I'll have to look back he's yeah. not here to no I, I'm go back. Down. Okay. Uh, but
0: I, I, you know I, it I would say that it would it, it registered with me a little bit, but it was not. It was more like I'll have to see more. Uh, I, I guess and Overwatch was maybe the same way for me at the beginning, uh, just because I wasn't a huge like Blizzard head like so many other people. But as I did see more with, with Overwatch, it was like okay, more and more interesting, more and more interesting. It built up, and I, I think the di- like the difference there I think is one game put a lot on its creator, Cliffy B, and sold it was selling Cliffy B. And the other game was trying to build this very vibrant world like Mike was just describing. Yeah. And one of those things. We really things seem works. to be
2: gone from the days of the superstar developer, huh?
0: Yeah, if we ever had that in the first place, I don't know. It, it just seems like the maybe yeah. maybe the games. I think were always we were told big, we had it. Yeah. Maybe the games were always the thing that we're just selling. The games had uh, you know had the character themselves and you know the, the developer, the, the superstar developer was a good thing on top of that. Um, well you
1: know, on top of it too, you know, Nexon is still learning how to 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 market a game to a Western audience, for sure. You know, yeah, this is a, this is a developer from who 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 knows how to hit the markets in Japan and Korea, but it's still, I mean, not a developer a publisher, but it's still trying to figure out how do we approach yeah Americas, how I do we you're, approach Europe? You are right about that, but it's
0: it's it just feels like this kind of game coming out at coming out maybe ten years ago. There is no way it would have crashed this hard. It wouldn't have flopped this hard. Uh, it, it would have found at least some, like it would have found like a, a medium sized audience for a, you know a few months, and then they would have moved on to something else. That it just it crashed immediately. Um, same with Agents of Mayhem. Agents of Mayhem. It seems like a game that if it came out on, in the Xbox or GameCube era, or even the Xbox three hundred and sixty era, it probably would have done just okay. It would have done okay. It, in this case, it was an absolute flop. Uh, Agents of Mayhem was
2: really just I think people moved on from that kind of thing. I wonder if that's making Microsoft shaking their boots a bit about Crackdown 3, because it is something kind of similar to that. At least you have a uh, recognition there. I wonder why, why not just call that Saints Row Agents Agents of Mayhem because it takes place in that universe.
0: Yep.
1: What well, it, it could also be an example of it just wasn't marketed. It wasn't enough support push behind yeah, it. Yeah, but too. The,
0: there, I'm just that's what my point was is that there was a lot of marketing flubs in the earlier generations, and those marketing flubs just never were, were flops to this
1: degree. It didn't seem like it's well, well, like there's marketing. They also didn't face as many games as people face today, and all I think that, as many platforms.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a big part of it for sure. I, so this brings me back around to like my original thinking of uh, games with an identity. Um, it seems like some of the, the publishers and developers are realizing this. Uh, I was I was talking to someone I can't remember who brought it up uh, at E three, and they were saying that they just saw the new Need for Speed game, and they want to build an identity for that series where people who who go to buy Need for Speed games say, "Oh yeah, I, I play a Need for Speed game every year, just like I play a Call of Duty game every year or whatever." And they want to have it in that same conversation. And I don't, I just, I don't know how that works, how that happens, how do you decide just for be- Need for
2: Speed, which is a series which has just been all over the place forever. Right, and,
0: and they, they, I think that what they're saying there is we don't want to be all over the place anymore. I just don't know, like, what is the magic trick to make it be in this very specific place that it suddenly has this it, its own voice. Uh, I don't know how you do that. Maybe there's some. Game developers uh, I think that do. talent. I think it's talent, right? I think you well, might, maybe, have to have really talented art people
1: and yeah. people in charge of these things. And well, you, you know, somebody, somebody with a vision. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I know people are saying that lawmakers, lawbreakers, excuse me, feels bland, but you know, when you combine some of the electric effects and the way it cheats the up-down side of, of, of a shooter like that, you know, that's that that's not something that the others are doing. And yeah, it's, I, and, I, I, yeah. and, and, and and that shows there is some vision there. So I, I think it's more of that, but, I, you know, I think it really does come down to how do you get people's attention. And, and <laughs> who does that come down to? Does it come down to the game designers in the studio or does that come to the publishers? I'll fight back on this a little bit, at least for LawBreakers. I
2: think LawBreakers was actually marketed a lot. I just don't think people liked what they saw. I think that they tried to push it as this like arena shoot. like shooter. Like their marketing was very aggressive, like, this is like the big boy shooter, right? Mm-hmm. It was kind of like that day katana, second down level
1: of marketing. Maybe a little you, yeah, was it, was, it, was it on TV? Uh,
2: it was definitely on... I don't watch TV. It was definitely on YouTube, which is probably well, more important at this point, right? Is
1: it for a breakout hit? Well, I, I, I mean, I believe, that's more, where the that's, he didn't have the You know, you know, right? Blizzard. Blizzard is advertising Overwatch on TV. Yeah, and That's Blizzard.
0: I, uh, Blizzard, of course, is they're gonna they have to. Activision's gonna make them. They're gonna give yeah. them that budget, so you have to do that. I, I don't necessarily know that is what made the difference. The people that are buying these games are not gonna have cable. They're not watching a lot of TV. I don't think that's the big difference. No, there. but they
1: might be watching it on other forms. Yeah, uh, but, electric mediums. I think like Lawbreakers yeah, had like
0: YouTube. Lawbreakers had the like shows a, are on
1: YouTube and on Twitch.
0: I'm pretty sure Lawbreakers had a trailer before movies, and I think Lawbreakers had uh, I know for a fact that they paid to promote. Like Cliffy B's, like, oh, this is the trailer I'm most proud of that we've ever made for a game. And I saw that on Twitter for weeks at a time. I saw it on Twitter
2: for weeks. Yeah,
0: yeah and it's like, okay, cool, cool. I'm I'm happy. I like this, it seems like you guys are really pushing this game. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so flabbergasted now because it did feel like they were at least attempting some sort of marketing. Clearly, I think it wasn't the right. They weren't. They missed something there. The game still should have performed better than it did, even if it is bland. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of in between you two. I just don't. Know. Point, when I say it's bland,
2: it doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. i right. kind of is kind of bland. Relati- pretty yeah, bland, really.
0: Relative to the marketplace, like where where you have things like PUBG. And, I, and when I say I'm and, talking
2: more aesthetically than anything else, I'm talking right. about
0: blandness. Yeah, when, 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 comparing to Overwatch, it's kind of hard not to be. Uh, mm-hmm. I just the point is is that the bland stuff used to sell, and it's not anymore. Yeah. And, and I I don't know. I I just don't know like what. Uh, who's going to want to keep trying to fund these games. I think we brought up Microsoft a little bit ago. Uh, Mike, you said it might be making them shake in their boots for Crackdown. And I think Microsoft has been shaking in their boots this whole console generation, seeing this and knowing that this is the case, knowing that you can make, like, you could put a lot of money into games like these, and they could absolutely just completely fail. And that's why they are backing off on first-party development, um, which is a topic we talked about a few weeks ago. Uh, I think this might this might be the answer right here is that games like these can come out and just completely shit the bed. Hmm. Yeah, okay. I think we could probably wrap it up. Um Yeah, there's a, you th- jerks
2: have
0: kept yeah. here too long. Yeah, well we were actually just trying to starve you out and just see if we could yeah, you know, well,
1: really can should you. be getting ready to go to bed soon. It's like twenty. <laughs> oh, what do you think I
0: am? Uh, nine twenty the sex number in the way that's not right what <laughs> oh no. no that's the marijuana number never mind oh. what are you no. talking about what do you no. do what are you i'm good okay i get a I mixed I, up I sometimes. Think
1: how long do we really know jeff I, I, think it's time <laughs> for, I think it's time for jeff to wrap it up
0: no we're gonna keep going now that you guys told me i have to wrap it up i'm gonna keep you both here you're both my prisoner now this is good power i like it i like it a lot
2: all right all right you're you're, you're losing the plot jeff wrap it up all right. Goodbye. If I everybody. embarrass him, he'll do it. If I make him feel insecure.
0: Yeah, I'm, he'll I'm, do I'm it for sure. I'm getting chills from my uh, my shame right now. Um all right, Mike, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Well, always writing at GameSpeed on Twitter. I'm at Twitter,
2: uh, as Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. I'm also on the exploding Barrel podcast every week with my uh, brother. We're talking about all sorts of nerdy things, but mostly video games, and that's it. EBpodcast.com
1: And Jason well, you'll find me on Twitter at Jason underscore Wilson, and you'll find me running the ship here at GamesBeat.
0: And I am on Twitter at Jeff Grubb. I am on YouTube at slash Jeffrey Grubb. And yeah, I'm on GameSpeed as well. We're posting there every day. And be sure to check it out, read our stuff. Uh, and again, let us know if you have any questions or you want to ask us anything specific uh, at GameSpeed, at GB Decides, and Games Plus Podcast at, at VentureBeat.com. And we're going to be back next week, and we'll see you guys then. Say goodbye, everybody. Good Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, uh, everybody. We're so
2: clever. Uh, uh, we're funny. It's funny. It's a joke. You're like it's a little cheeky cheap, cheek cheek. cheek. <laughs>